0: <laughs> well anyways uh let's get started stephanie how, how are you doing today
1: i'm doing well how are you doing brandon
0: i am doing really well it is really cold here in uh Chalfant, so i'm just uh basking in your warmth vibes that you're sending our way
1: oh it's beautiful here i'm sending you all the warm vibes
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. So, uh, everybody, this is our new podcast called Transition Points, uh, and it's just a, a podcast between uh, two individuals. My name is Brandon Martinez, and I am a outreach specialist here at Project Transition Corporate Office, and I'm with Stephanie's uh, Stephanie Payne.
1: Hello. I am the admissions an outreach counselor here at our Wilmington office opening soon. Uh,
0: it's actually opening Friday to be exact, right?
1: Yes. Friday, we have our open house ribbon cutting. The mayor is coming. I just got an email today that we are still on his schedule. So we're excited about that. And um going to be doing tours of the facility and the apartments. We've got even, we even have a couple of potential members coming to check us out, which I'm wow. really excited about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to hear that you know we've got people that are interested that they're going to get the opportunity to actually check us out you know before they you know the, their first day I think that is a, a good opportunity for them I'm really glad that, that we've got a few coming out
0: yeah that's really exciting we've been working on this for a while the uh, Wilmington program so it's finally cool to see it all come together
1: yeah there's a lot of people really excited about us opening up and it's I can't um I have to be honest it is it makes my out the outreach portion of my job so much. I mean, so much fun because when everyone's excited about what you have to say and has questions and they're engaging, it's just, it's so much fun. I I can't say no to a a meeting or doing a presentation. It's a lot of fun, a lot of excitement.
0: Absolutely. I love the outreach aspect. I mean, outreach is my entire job, so I don't have that admissions part of it, but just like going into these meetings, I always feel like so pumped up. I'll usually put on let's say i'm like really hype music before i go in and then as soon as i walk in the door i'm like yes let's get it i'm so i'm so happy whenever i do it like it's a i switch from one person to another and it, just to see that transition is absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, I, I love it too. It's it's great and it's it's easy because you know our program is truly unique and energetic in and of itself and fresh. And you know, not that it's a, a sales thing, but you know, it's it's like if you were in sales selling televisions or whatever, you're gonna have the most fun promoting the best tv you know like the best tv you can find the one with all the features and i feel like project transition is like the best tv the the 4k or 5 I i don't know what they have now 5k it's like yes this is great
0: <laughs> i uh i was talking to one of my uh clients the other day well one of our partners the other day and they were like brandon you're not selling a program you're encouraging a lifestyle and i was like wow that you like are,
1: yeah
0: that blew my mind so we are lifestyle encouragers stephanie
1: yes yes influencers
0: we yeah we're we are influencers in every sense of the word that's hilarious <laughs> yeah
1: influencer good influencers hopefully
0: good influencers speaking of influencers the other day i was on tiktok and you know because we have our own project transition uh, tiktok now follow us at project underscore transition <laughs> um and i was surprised by all the different mental health influencers there are yes
1: yeah it's it's one of the things when we were talking over the weekend about about you know just the my, my personal take on so mental health and social media and media period I ha- it's part of the reason why i have so much hope is that yeah, yeah. i think i really think that the a huge plus side from everything that went down with the pandemic is there's this light that's been shined now we can't deny the fact that we each have a brain and we each have our own mental health struggles we were all you know forced to sit in isolation with with how we were going to choose to deal with this drastic change yeah, and yeah. um and people are talking about it now. And you used to not really hear much about mental health in the news or media. And I love that it's it's rampant. And I, I just see so much hope in it.
0: Absolutely. And I know, like you said, we were talking this weekend about it. And originally I came at it from a very uh, pessimistic point of view. But now the more, like, the more I spent uh, just searching uh, through this TikTok, oh, this like mental health TikTok stream, the more I was like, wow, like, it's okay to be optimistic about the way social media is helping uh, the mental health community. Um, Cause yeah, like yeah. you said, there's people out there uh, who are, be- who might be too afraid to talk about it personally, but if they can see somebody that's just like them talking about it to the masses, that's, that's a, it's the best form of self-treatment.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, well, you have, I mean, you have like the negative way of looking at social media, which is the fact that, I mean, it's a very true and unfortunate fact that, At any given moment, I can get on my phone to try and post something even for work, you know, or check a message that's work related and I'll pick up my phone and then all of the sudden, boom, there goes there goes a half an hour of my day.
0: You exactly. know? But, yeah.
1: but if you are going to be, if you are going to be on social media and you, you do have the awareness that, Hey, if I'm going to be looking at this stuff, I at least need to be following the right positive, you know, feeds. I need to be feeding my brain positive stuff and, and mental tricks. And I, you, you can find all that stuff. People are speaking out about tricks that they, you know, I call them like the tools in, in their toolbox, you know, they're sharing those with other people. And I just think that that's huge.
0: They're using their tools as a trade. Exactly. I'm i I'm actually really surprised by the amount of people that have been speaking out about it, especially in the celebrity and entertainment world. Uh, as you know, I am a huge fan of Pete Davidson, for real uh and he is uh probably one of my favorite people when it comes to the mental health community because he's not afraid to talk about how he's feeling he's gone on snl numerous times and spoken about exactly what he's going through and i think that we need more of that we need more like-minded individuals to not be afraid to tell people that hey they're not doing okay and that's okay they need more people to they need more people to say hey I was using these substances for a really long time and I'm getting the help that I need because I was tired of living the life I was living.
1: Yeah, it's it's normalizing it, normalizing the fact that we're all human and we all have our vices. And even, I mean, I think back to my personal experience and meeting with people, actually meeting people, meeting people that, um, were in recovery and seeing how well they were doing and getting to have conversations with them in instances when they were like, you know, I I would sit them down and I would say, no, you don't understand. Like I'm, I'm fat like this. I'm, you know, I'm every everyday, you know, I would tell, go into detail, you know, the, the ugly details of how low I was. Mm -hmm. And then to hear them say, Hey, that was me four years ago, or that yeah. was me. I, I was worked, you know, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, it it's mind blowing and it gave me so much hope.
0: Yes. Uh, I always say that I started my recovery journey when I was in the military. Uh, the military is a culture of going hard, and going fast, nonstop. So you do these certain things to keep you consistently going, you know? Yeah. And so I wanted to change that. So I, I finally took a, I took a chance. I was like, hey, Sergeant, I need to get some help because the way I'm going, I'm not going to be an effective soldier, right? But then when I got I did that all on my own. But then when I got out of the military, I had to make this whole transition from being uh, regimented every day to being an individual who had no real direction, who had to find his own direction. And because of that, I was slipping into this area that wasn't the best for my recovery or for my mental health and then so uh when i got to college at drexel university shout out drexel i was was picking up that life of excess again i'm falling back into my own ways i need to uh i need to get back to where i was at before so i went to uh i went on the, the white chair app have you ever heard of that no oh so it's an app that finds that has a list of every single aa and na meeting around you oh wow and then I went through this uh, sunrise semester in Rittenhouse Square at like 7.15 in the morning. I sat there. And I was like, listen, I've been doing this already for four years. I already know what I'm doing. And then uh, they were like, no, you don't. You're still early. And then we left. And then we went to this coffee shop. And my current sponsor, he was like, listen, bro, uh, everything that you said you thought you knew, yeah, you don't know. Uh, so I always say my life was changed in that coffee shop. I I accept. Oh, wow. I accepted recovery instead of lived instead of uh, living recovery does that make sense
1: oh absolutely absolutely there's a there's that sounds like you experienced a little bit of um humility yes maybe am I right that that was key that was key for me um just and to this and still to this day you know it's so easy for us to just fool ourselves into thinking like I got this, I got this, you know, I, I'm good. I, I, and I mean, even too. you know, I'm, I'm fairly, I, I'm fairly new to, to this position at work and I am, I'm loving every minute of it, but I, I have to, right now I'm working really hard on reminding myself the importance of, you know, my, my recovery and my self-care, you know, it is, it is, someone once told me, whatever you put in front of your recovery or above on your priority list, your recovery, you risk losing. Yes. And that stuck with me um, because it's true. You know, you can't, it's like the saying, you can't pour from an empty cup.
0: Yeah. And you I say imagine... that. I love that. I love it when you say that. And you say that a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, you. it's true. You can't. And, you know, yeah. I, I say it a lot, but I, I'm not <laughs> always the best at, at really living it. But, you know, we're, we're all human. Um, it, it can be, it's a it's, it's something, it is a, it is a lifestyle. I think you said earlier, and I think it that's, it's a every day, it's a choice every day to make sure you're putting, putting your, your needs first. Um, there was a, a counselor I had early in recovery that, you know, I was similar to you where I was like feeling really good. You know, you hear the term pink cloud. I was like, this is great. Like, getting my life on track and and was really enjoying enjoying sober life and was kind of sliding in my my daily meditation mm-hmm. and I wasn't journaling and I mentioned it to her in a session and she asked me she was like Stephanie was it vital for you when you were you know within 30 days and I said yes absolutely and she said if it was vital to you then it's vital to you now and it'll always be Vital, and um gosh, you know she was right.
0: Wow, that uh if it was vital to you, then it will always be vital. That is absolutely amazing. Those are some wise words.
1: Yeah, you there. They, someone, I think it was Andrew Grossman. Is that Grossman? Andy? Yeah, director, Andy. Yeah, so director I, of he, programs
0: in Berks County. Yep.
1: Yeah, so we had a chat um, several weeks ago, and he mentioned the. Um, the planting of seeds and mm. early on recovery. And I feel like we could do an entire podcast just on that concept
0: of which we thing. will later on.
1: I would love that. Um, because there are, you know, when he said that I immediately thought of all of my seeds, you know, that what the counselor said to me about, you know, if it was vital to you, then it's vital to you now, like you, it's just like being re, you know, talking to a new, To a young child there are things when you when you are young that you hold on to and you never forget and i feel like in the admissions portion of my job it's it's so beautiful that now i get to pass on some of these seeds that were planted for me in my early beginning and hope you know hope they stick but it's it's um it's true you know you don't forget them it's it's just beautiful
0: absolutely uh I, when I first, uh, well, I'd say about five years, not when I first, but about five years into my recovery, uh, I was talking to my mom and I was like, Hey mom, uh, does it ever bother you that I, that I go to these meetings? And uh, ever since I started getting into recovery, I get tattooed a lot. I think it's just a recovery thing. I know a lot of people that are in, re- in recovery that have so many tattoos, what it also might be a military thing, a little bit of a mixture of both, you know? Um, But I was like, does it uh, bother you that I have all these tattoos and uh, I go to these meetings and I do all these different things for my uh, recovery? And then she was like, Brandon, uh, I get my nails done once a month. And it's my personal maintenance. By you doing this, this is your personal maintenance to ensure that you look good on the outside and on the inside. And I was like, wow, mom dropping knowledge
1: oh she's sounds like she's a very supportive and understanding mom which is great i my mom the the same situation my parents would freak out when i would come home with like a nose piercing or something and then i think i put them through so much hell as a young adult um and worried them so much now i i feel like they're just grateful for me to be here
0: so a big thing with mental health and recovery is to have self-care You know, uh, I say every Fridays and Sundays are called self-care days. Uh, So Fridays, I do exciting self-care things like I'll go out, I'll go to record stores, I'll go to used bookstores. I plan everything fun to be on Fridays. And a lot of the time, a lot of the times I try to do either by myself or with my friends. Uh, my friends that are doing it don't have to be in recovery, but it's just to be around people to, to feel happy, you know, and then Sundays mm-hmm. are self-care Sundays. when those are just for me. That's where I'll do like my meditation. I'll do all my recovery reading things like, that. and that's very important to maintain good mental health and, and recovery. That's beautiful. Uh, do you do anything like that?
1: So I do. And I'm, I'm, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in the process of fine tuning it because I'm blessed with so many beautiful. Hashtag blessed. Yes. Blessed. Hashtag blessed with so many opportunities to do what I love now, which is incredible because if you knew me before, before recovery, I did not know who I was. Um, I didn't, I mean, I, I knew what I was passionate about, but I didn't believe in myself. I didn't ever believe that I would have any opportunities to truly, um, participate in, um, participate in anything, you know, I, I didn't believe I deserved it really. So you know, now, yes. you know, I, I have this amazing job where I, my job is to be a hundred percent myself.
0: Yes. And
1: it's fantastic. I mean, I, Absolutely. I literally still to this day feels so surreal on so many levels. Um, and I have supportive bosses and, amazing coworkers that I can share exactly who I am, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. It's a dream come true. And, um, and so naturally, you know, I want to do that really well. And so I, I have, so I've got a lot that I want to put into my job and I think that's a beautiful thing is something I've never had before. And then I have my involvement with theater for all, which is, you know, I've always wanted to participate in theater and, Individuals with disabilities has always been a cause near and dear to me. Um, I've had a lot of major reconstructive surgeries and spent some time in wheelchairs for a good bit. So my I'm I'm working on this balance. Um, I still meditate. So I meditate in the morning. Back to the the question. Yeah, so I, I meditate every morning. Um, And that's something that I've done ever since I got in recovery. Um, It's just, it's stuck, it's stuck with me. It works for me. So I I don't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. And um, we'll just keep it real. I, uh, my fun, my fun self-care days are when I I consider those my Saturday when I do rehearsals with theater for all, Mm -hmm. Um, being a part of that community is is mean so much to me yeah. and then um Sundays you know I I try to to get in as much as I do a lot of work on Sundays these days because um this is a, a new somewhat new industry to me mm-hmm. and um but yeah well I'm not gonna I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie and tell you that I've got my new schedule figured out when I don't we're keeping it real on the podcast but uh, it's a work, it's a It's a work in progress.
0: (laughs) Uh, Just like mental health and recovery.
1: Exactly. So what's your knowledge on DBT?
0: Uh, I know that there's a lot of it. I've just, uh, I actually ordered Marsha Linehan's book um, and I'm really excited to get get more into it.
1: So this is, well, this is, I have a beautiful analogy that she, she writes about, about this analogy of having, of being stuck in a house that's on fire.
0: Wow and the, yeah
1: and the only way you can get out of the house is to go through the front door where the fire is most prevalent it's the only way to get out of the house and it's just speaking about you know in order to get yourself out of a situation be it an addiction depression whatever that is like you have to you have to face the scariest aspects of whatever whatever you're up against you have to accept it yeah yeah, you have to accept that first so um i was just curious to know if you had any thoughts
0: well in regards that, to that i uh that is one of my favorite things about dbt but in the military they always used to say listen we don't know what's behind that door but i can tell you we're not going to get to what's behind that door while we're all stacked up against the wall so i'm gonna need you guys to Buckle up your boots and kick kick it down, kick it down and face it head on. So that's how I always transcribe it to uh, a DBT.
1: And I'm excited for you to read Marsha's book because um, as, as a fellow individual in recovery, I feel like I noticed a lot of similarities to 12 step programs. Yes. um, Which obviously has proven helpful for you and i and many many others and dbt has also worked well for countless others so i i would love to um maybe get when you do read that book for you to get up with me on your take on those similarities because
0: absolutely it should be here within the week um there's
1: another there's another part in here where she writes about willingness Mm -hmm. willingness is all about opening yourself to what is it is about becoming one with the universe participating in it doing what is needed in the moment wow which is and willingness as we know is key
0: yeah that's awesome
1: key to unlock all doors
0: (laughs) uh if we're speaking about books i i I keep mentioning this to you but i really want you and i think i'll just send it to you at this point um i really want you to read uh Russell Brand's version of, of the 12 steps. It's called Recovery. Uh, oh my gosh, I
1: have to. I and, love, love him so much. So when, you should wait. have had me send you, I I could have sent you Marsha's book. It's already tabbed and highlighted in well, all I, all right. spots.
0: <laughs> so all right. So recovery is will also be highly tabbed up and has a whole bunch of writing over it, but I promise it's better that way. But it's essentially oh, yeah, absolutely it's essentially his breakdown of the 12 steps. But instead of being spiritual about it. Uh, he, and like, uh, coming from a medical aspect, he breaks it down and is very, very blunt about it. And I think blunt, uh, sometimes works off better.
1: It does. I think what works for some doesn't work for others and vice versa. And I think that that, that realizing that for myself has been so key. Because Mm -hmm. the tricks that I do, like, let's talk about willingness to do what needs to be done. Yeah. Just because it's in front of us. The dishes are a great go-to example. I hate doing the dishes. I hate, I, I don't, you know, it's whatever reason, it's a chore I don't like. At some point in my recovery, I started doing, in my head, making mental, like, ding, noises Every time I put a dish where it's supposed to go, when I'm unloading the dishwasher or when I'm washing. So each time I wash a dish, I place it down on the drying mat, ding, goes off in my brain and it works really well. But that's a, that's something that I created on my own and, it's, and it just works. And I, I feel like figuring out what works for you along the way Is 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 a concept. I I mean I would love I love hearing everyone's different, you know, tricks that they have for themselves.
0: If we're talking about tricks similar to your things, I do the (laughs) one, two, three, go. So if I want to do if I want if I don't want to do something, I will but I know I need to do it, I will say one, two, three, go. And I will have to do it. So as soon as I say go, I'll just do it, whether I want to do it or not. And it's a really big motivator for me.
1: Yeah. Uh, My sponsor um, actually gave me the analogy for the one, two, three of, you know, jumping into a pool. Yeah. You know, I love that.
0: Uh, It's a, it definitely has its highs and its lows sometimes. Yeah. That one, two, three go has really, really helped in a lot of ways.
1: It's, It's hard. It's hard to figure out how to motivate yourself. Um, but it's definitely that same situation where you, you've got to figure out what motivates you. And a lot of times starting anything, you know, whether you, you're using the one, two, three, go or, or however you get it's just starting, you know, it's because you do one thing, you check one thing off the list. Or for me, I check one thing off the list and it further motivates me to check the second and the third thing and the fourth thing off. But it's just figuring out what works, what works for you. And it's, it can be really hard and very like almost humbling in a sense to try and figure out those things at, at the age I feel like I did because, um, I feel like I didn't figure out what worked for me until recently. Um, but it's, there's so much self-discovery that comes along through the journey of recovery. And you don't think about recovery that way before you're, you're experiencing it. Like you're, I I think it can be viewed as, as weak and, you know, you kind of, you hear the word recovery, um, as I've mentioned to you before. And I think people just imagine misery, you know, just not doing the one thing they've known to do as far as coping. And you're walking blindly into, the unknown it's just terrifying and but it's the opposite it's the absolute opposite of weak you know people in recovery are the strongest individuals
0: i think recovery in any aspect is a beautiful thing absolutely any form of recovery whether you're starting out starting over it it doesn't matter if you can be the example of uh getting sober and getting healthy mentally, then you can be the example for starting over.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're not going to get it unless you walk through that fire, like we mentioned earlier. And I just heard someone on a very positive feed uh, source that I follow on Instagram, I think, talking about whatever it is you want in life, you have to be willing to experience the opposite feeling to get. So if you want To be healed, you have to be willing to feel that brokenness. If you want to be wealthy, you have to be willing to feel really poor and broke to get to that point. Yeah. It's just, I thought it was a really beautiful analogy. Do you feel like there are any misconceptions that you would like to address or that really bother you when it comes to recovery and mental health
0: yes just because you're bent doesn't mean you're broken Mm. I feel like so many people that uh just this is just a personal experience when I tell people that uh I'm in recovery and I had some mental health issues that I was dealing with uh especially on the latter half they always get like oh are you okay? Absolutely. I'm okay. And I'm okay to talk about it too. It's nothing, nothing I'm ashamed of. Uh, You should. I'm a big proponent of, you shouldn't be ashamed of your recovery and your mental health. You are addressing it. And that's really important. So if that was one big misconception, it'd be like, listen, just because you're going, going through it and you're in this community doesn't mean that you're broken.
1: Absolutely. I remember that in the beginning where I had family members that, and you know, it's, it's nobody's fault. Yeah. If you don't, if you haven't experienced it for yourself, it's, you don't, you don't understand, but it was kind of almost like a, a pity, like, are you okay? And yeah, it's like, oh, I'm great. And it better than it, I've ever been. Yeah. People don't realize that there's so much action. Like there's so much action involved in recovery. Yes. You're not, you're you are no longer in survive in survival mode or just you know hanging on by a thread. You're you're living every day, taking the steps you need to to actively address those changes. And you're go you're going from it's opposite action, which is it's something in DBT. It's it's you're not just not doing something you're
0: embracing it
1: yeah you're you're going from you're going from like a negative 10 to a positive anything i hope that makes sense um um how do you feel you use your personal struggles to help others
0: i feel i do as much as i possibly can um, when I was in college, I, as an, in, when I was an intern in graduate school, I worked for this, uh, the urban affairs coalition in Philadelphia, which was like a, uh, just a group, like a, a giant group of nonprofits that would go and help uh, the community. But I was specifically part of global citizen. And while there I worked as a co- uh, event planner and community organizer. And they were like, listen, uh, you're going to be part of this team. Uh, that means you have to use your past to help the present. I was like, wow, like that's uh, that's something that always took with me. So, I created me and my partner, uh, my work partner Ivy. Uh, we created over six months a recovery and mental health resource festival that was held right in Center City at City Hall. We had over uh, 20 tables over 300 plus attendees we had speakers giving testimonials about recovery uh we had it was sponsored by a local councilwoman that i'm not going to name out of her in respect to her privacy that she requested so i when it comes to how to help others i fully ji- dive right in yeah
1: and i didn't what mean to be that
0: like one giant plug i apologize but i'm just really proud of what we did
1: no you should be that's that's amazing. I think you sent me the flyer for that. Yes. That was amazing. I wish I could have been there.
0: I wish you were there. What about you, Stephanie?
1: Oh, I'm just really open about my struggles and my past struggles. I mean, similar to, to like you said, I, I just, I, you know, I never say no, if, if I, to a person, if they're, if they're asking me for, you know, help or guidance and, and um, I love, I love sharing the incredible amount of resources for the recovery community that we have here in Wilmington. Um, so many of them, I, I just had no idea what I was getting myself into, <laughs> but um, Wilmington's a really beautiful city and it, it can, it's easy for people, I think, to move here to, for college, what have you. Uh, to the beach, and it's very easy to lose yourself, but it's also a really amazing place to recover. So I, I love, you know, participating in the support groups around town and directing people to the support groups around town, getting them plugged in. Um, because it, for me, it really was the community that yeah. that meant the world to me in the beginning. You know, you just can't ever have enough support in the beginning it does take a village and i'm really blessed to be able to you know pass that along and and have i have so many incredible relationships with people around town and and the recovery community is so strong in that if something were to go down and i didn't know what i was going to do there is there are ten whopping handfuls of people. I know I could pick up the phone and they would they would be here in a heartbeat. And that's just a um, symbiotic relationship worth uh, worth striving to keep. And um, I'm just really I'm, I just engage in the community as much as I can in order to give back. I what I did want to ask you um, what are some of the things that brought you to start asking for for help. And I apologize if you've already mentioned this.
0: Oh, no. So like I said, I when I was in the, when I was in the military, I was a really heavy drinker. Uh, and that's just, I wasn't the only one that was like that. You know, um, there's a lot of, the, the military has, a, has that culture where you're just going nonstop, like I said earlier. And so it leads to like a lot of drinking to deal with uh, depression and all that. And then, so what happened was I went home on leave uh for christmas and i the first couple of days i was like really really sick uh and i was like wow like i don't want to ever feel like this again i want to uh i want to be as clear as mind for my job as possible so when we got back i was like i went to my boys i was like hey boys like uh, i know we are always going out and all that but i asked you that from just moving forward if we could not like if you could just not do it around me that'd be great and they were like even better we're in this together
1: Wow. So it sounds like you were just really in tune to your body and knew you needed a clear mind.
0: I knew I because you can't yeah. do what I what I was doing without a clear mind. Uh, and like, mind you, I was trying as hard as I could to do it, but uh, it just doesn't always come out that way.
1: Yeah. So you wouldn't say that you were, af- were you afraid to reach out for help at all? A-
0: absolutely. Because I didn't want people to think I was weak. Uh, that was a, even now. I, uh, it takes a lot for me to ask for help, um, but I will do help a lot more. I will ask for help a lot more now than I used to before. Uh, I just didn't want people to think that I was this. Uh, I was this guy that I that I was trying so hard not to be. I was, to be honest, I was portraying a character that I really wasn't made out to be. Mm. Uh, I was. Uh, I don't want to say I was living a lie, but I was just. I was in a role of somebody that thought he knew what he was doing when in fact he did. Does that make sense?
1: It does. It does. The role of, for me, was the role of a person who could control their drinking. Absolutely. And I'm not that person. And that's okay. That's okay. Some people can't. And I'm one of them. And luckily, I know that now. And yeah. um, I, I did, we mentioned earlier when we spoke about um, the media, in the stigma surrounding mental health and recovery in the media and i i do want to talk about a show a particular show that single-handedly inspired me to to seek help um, because i didn't i didn't want to be the person who couldn't who could no longer be the life of the party p.s still the life of the party i don't need booze
0: i'm also still the life of the party
1: um And I never would have guessed that that was going to be the case had you told me back then. Um, But there's a show on Hulu called Mom. Great show. Absolutely fantastic show that just completely normalizes seeking help and being in recovery. And Mm -hmm. it's a mom and a daughter. And. And I would watch that show with, you know, my glass of white wine and I slowly became to realize like this, this chick is my age, you know, and here Mm -hmm. she is like, she's, she's still funny, you know, she still has a life. She's still able to, you know, make friends and, and I, it's one of the big contributing factors to me going and driving myself to a 12 step meeting. And I love the fact that there's room now in television on these streaming networks for shows like that, that are, that are really doing a service to the community by normalizing these things.
0: Absolutely. Uh, just to hop on to media again, I, I know I've mentioned uh, Shameless, uh, yes. their character Lip, who I highly identify with, uh, he, he went through a struggle of sobriety and recovery in that show as well, but uh, one scene that will always, always stick with me, and it was in the last couple seasons, was where he was. He went on. He, he had relapsed, and he had gone on this big drinking binge, and then he walked into his sponsor's uh, house at like two thirty in the morning and said, "I need a meeting." And without hesitation, the sponsor said, "All right, let's go." And I've been in that exact situation early in sobriety, and I just think that is the most beautiful thing about the recovery community
1: the best friends you'll ever have. So call to action. We need more normalization of recovery and mental health in mainstream media, on streaming network. We need people to continue talking the talk on all their social media platforms. Keep reaching out for help. If you have questions, keep talking the talk. If you're in those communities, keep those relationships going. And I think we're well on our way.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know what? Most important. Stephanie. What? It's okay to not be okay.
1: Absolutely. In fact, perfectly normal. Perfectly normal to not be okay.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to us today. We will definitely be back with more uh, content for you to hear in the future. So please stay tuned and uh, keep on listening. And remember, don't be afraid to reach out. My name is Brandon Martinez.
1: And I'm Stephanie Payne.
0: See you all again soon. Bye. Bye.